Hello everybody and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Dawn as usual. Today we're talking with our old friend Big Kevin. Uh, you guys who are longtime listeners may remember him from an early episode. We talked about uh, like improv and Alaska a little bit. And uh, today we're going to be talking about what he's been getting into over uh, the COVID period. Uh, I, I think that he's been getting into stocks and trading and uh, been hiding out in Alaska. So, yeah. Welcome back, Kev. Uh, hi. Uh, glad to be back. Glad you could have me. I am a stocksman now. Uh, I'm fantastically wealthy. It's been a good couple of years. <laughs> sure. Um, so... What is the situation right now in Alaska with like COVID and whatnot? Like, like, are you, are, are you sort of out in the country and stuff? And is it like, I don't, I, uh, I, I have no idea what's going on there. So, yeah. This is kind of interesting timing for that because it's very bad uh, up here right now. Uh, we've been, we've been spiking very heavily uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, not as much where I am, uh, Fairbanks, but uh, the Anchorage area has been very bad and Fairbanks isn't great. Uh, there are, I mean, this is a very red state. There's a lot of Vax holdouts. Uh, and the reality is it never got that bad up here, uh, just because of the sheer spread outness of it. So I think a lot of people got lazy and got kind of complacent with it and stuff and, and the Delta spreads easier and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of hitting a lot of people right now. So it's gotten kind of rough. It's gotten kind of scary. Uh, but the reality is it's still, I mean, it's still Alaska. You're still, (laughs) you're just not around that many people. Sure. Yeah, do you have do you have to like take a lot of different precautions and stuff like that at work and things like that, or no? Like uh, work, we just went back to uh, we're like work from home first again, uh, sure. which they wanted to avoid, but we're back to that again. Uh, I actually just recently had I just got a test a couple of days ago because I got um, uh, I was exposed, I was negative, uh, but it's definitely going around. So you know, I, I went to work from home for three four days, and now I'm back in the office, and it's. It's not the end of the world, but it's definitely, it's still out there, you know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, they closing down uh, small businesses, restaurants, and that kind of stuff? Oh, at this point, no. And, and it's not going to happen. There's no, Yeah. you know, like I said, it's a red state. There, there's no, you know, will yeah, yeah. for it. Kind of like a Texas kind of attitude about it. Yeah, kind of. Um, uh, like where I am here, there's kind of a... There is kind of a hippie granola community because it is kind of a college town uh, in addition to a military town and an oil town. Uh, so, I mean, there's definitely people who care a lot, but by and large, people aren't that, you know, it, it's not a priority for people. Your classic hippie oil military town. <laughs> it is. It's kind of, I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Banshee, but it's kind of like the town in Banshee where it just has just some random eclectic industry. <laughs> um, what is like uh weather like at this time of the year up there is it already getting uh once again interesting timing we just got probably six inches of snow today uh first storm of the year uh very cold uh a little unseasonably too Uh, typically you wouldn't see this for another week or two wow what what is it up there right now it's like 70 here it's beautiful it's um i'm gonna verify via phone uh yeah it says 32 right now and it's, wow. it's been, it was blizzarding all day. It's currently uh, blizzard slash freezing raining. So it's getting worse. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It'll probably get cold here soon then too, I guess. Yeah, well, 
I mean, not to get too out of my out of my lane, but but I heard that uh, it's going to be a cold winter. They got the whatever that thing is. It's sitting right on top of us, so supposedly it's going to be a cold winter. Hmm. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. If you want, guys, want to talk about the weather some more? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. We we can move on. Um, yeah. So let's talk about this trading stuff that you've been doing. So how did that start? Uh, basically, like I think a lot of people, uh, I think a lot of people are in the same boat where it, it just became this situation where there's nothing to do during COVID. Uh, you don't have anything to spend money on. Uh, so if you have any money, it's like, well, <laughs> might as well start, uh, start playing with this stuff, you know, cause, um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you guys are stocks guys at all. And Tom, I know you do crypto, um, uh, but uh, of course we had a big crash with the COVID thing, but then it was, I mean, just rocketed after. Uh, so I yeah. think a lot of people started trying to get into it then. Uh, and I, I made a lot of money that summer and I didn't have anything to spend it on. Uh, so I said, okay, you know, I, I'd always just passively invested, which, which is smart by the way. I mean, I'd, I'd recommend that to anybody, but I said, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of active investing. Uh, and what I picked uh, for my first thing was uh, NIO, the Chinese car company. Mm-hmm. Oh you yeah. Guys know it. That was hot uh, for a minute. Did you catch that? Yes, I did. Yeah. Nice. So I, I rode that from 20-something to 40-something. Uh, and then I had this pile of money, and I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, and then I started reading stuff about GameStop. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing about GameStop at that time is nobody nobody knew what it turned into. It was just a lot of people had basically bet it go bankrupt over the summer. You know, it got down mm-hmm. to four or five bucks a share, and people were basically just betting it was going to go bankrupt. Uh, but the reality is all the new consoles were coming out, all that stuff. They kind of just had to hang on for a little bit. And they managed to hang on. Uh, and it looked like a good opportunity to me. Uh, you know, and I got into it at like 14 bucks a share, I think. And my feeling was uh, this is probably a $50 stock. Maybe in a couple years I can sell this for $50. You know, I, I didn't think it was going to be what it was. Uh, and what then, is it right now? It's like a... 100 200 or something i i haven't looked in a while but it's been hovering around 200 ish for a long long time now it's there's a lot of there's yeah, a lot one, of factors that hold it there 177 right now so that's a little low actually that's uh i think it bled yeah. out the last week the, we just yeah, had it looks like that week. It but peaked um, around 230 lately but it's gone up to uh, i think it went 450 or something at some point Yes. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. It started going up and started going up and then it had two spike days back to back. And on that first day, it went to around 450, 470 something, I think, uh, when it halted. And after that, it crashed. That was where people went out. And that was where uh, a lot of the online brokerages and stuff made it so you couldn't buy it. You could only sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was right. kind of some, some hinky stuff, but by the way, like that's one thing about stocks, like you know, you're a guppy swimming in the ocean. Like you're, you're going to get screwed like that. There's no, like, there's nothing you can do about that. That stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I was sitting there on that first day, it was at 400 and something. Um, I don't want to say how much money I had cause it's embarrassing how much money it is. But, um, but I was like, okay, I can't just look at this. I'm going to go for a walk. So I went out, I went to a walk. I was walking in the park like I did at the time. Uh, and then I looked at my phone again and it was at, uh, it was under 200. <laughs> Oh, really? And, and it's kind of, um, I, I don't know how I can describe this to somebody who hasn't experienced it. Uh, I, I lost basically in the course of walking from my apartment to a park, uh, 
like around a million dollars, I think. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like in a, in a period of like 20, 25 minutes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and doing nothing too. That's the crazy thing. It's just time passed and it. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. I'm sure you know about it a little bit, Tom, if you're in crypto, because it's all very volatile. I mean, GameStop has been probably uh, like at the upper levels of even like crypto volatility. Like that, that spike day, I think it went like a hundred X or something, which is, you see it in crypto, but that's not, that's still like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Especially pretty... in one day. That's crazy. Uh, but I mean, in like, uh, like in the work I do, like I'm in charge of millions of dollars, you know? And, and so I, when I started doing this thing, I was like, what do I care about numbers? Like I deal with these kind of numbers all the time. Uh, it turns out it feels a little different when it's your money. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but I, I can't, I, I wish I'd give you a better description of what, what it felt like in that moment, but I, but I just can't like, it just defies words. Like sure. it, it was just, you know, heart dropped into the stomach type of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and then by the end of it, you know, I finished my walk and by the end of the walk, I was like, well, I guess that's it. Uh, I, I guess <laughs> yeah. we're done. Uh, and then the, of course the next day it spiked again and I was, you know, I was kind of done with that. I got out of it the next day. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. So I could have done better, but I did pretty well. I think I hit like three something that day. Um, and, and yeah, of course, I mean, you get out of something like that alive. That's, that's good. Like if you make <laughs> any, catch any of that like upwards movement. And I think that's pretty good. Well, the thing is, it's like, you know, I couldn't lose, lose at that point. Cause like I said, I got in at 14. Um, yeah. But, but the people who lost where there's all these people who got in at 300, 400, 200, and, and they've just turned into a cult now, you know, and, and they're still there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, yeah. it, you know, and, and I can understand what they're thinking, like from between that first day and between when I sold, like, I mean, you kind of just drive yourself crazy with that stuff. And it's, I feel really bad for those people, but they're just... I know what's trapping them there. I know what's, you know, keeping them in that mental space. And it's really hard to get out of that. Mm-hmm. Do, do you sort of follow the same sort of, uh, like, what are, what are your sort of resources that you lean on to make decisions? Um, so uh, I'm on Fidelity now, and they have a uh, desktop app. It's called Active Trader Pro. Uh, that's a pretty good app for you know, tracking stuff. Uh, so that's primarily what I use for that. Uh, their mobile app's a lot better than it used to be, so I can check price on that and stuff. Uh, basically, like, you can follow other people or you can find your own plays. Um, uh, and if you're following other people, there's a lot of good resources out there, but I, I kind of, uh, I, I wouldn't be confident giving you a resource. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, yeah. I mean, more like, are you following the meme stuff like on Reddit or something like that too, or are you just you're trying to do your own thing now? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I still I still look at the Reddit's, uh, not Wall Street bets. That's uh, don't ever look at that now. I mean, if you want to laugh, you can look at it, but it's it's completely unusable as a resource at this point. Sure. Um, uh, but there, there's a bunch of stock focused Reddits. There's a bunch of people on Twitter. There's a bunch of. Um, uh, you can even go on um, StockTwits, so though you really got to be careful on there. There's a lot of uh, – we were talking about baseball a little bit before we started. I mean, uh, people on there treat stocks like baseball. It, it's just people in there being like, boo, this thing sucks, or yay, it's going to go to 100 sure. today, guys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> which, uh, yeah, so you, you got to be real careful. There, there's a lot of, the, the thing is, there's a lot of people who are trying to like give you bad information. And then there's a lot of people who are trying to, they're not trying to give you bad information, but they don't care if they give you good information. They're just trying to make content, you know? Um, right. They're, so you gotta they're be, making like big calls and then some of them hit and a week later they can be like, see, called it just like I predicted. Right. But it's like, you know, 5%, 10% of their tweets are ever right. Yeah. You know, there's people who will give like, okay, these are my 10 plays for the week at the beginning of the week. And at the end of the week, they're saying, ah, if you followed me on this one play, it'd be up 300%. Yeah. And it's like, well, well, you don't really care how any of those plays did. You're, you know, you're monetizing, you know, mm -hmm. your presence is what you're actually doing. Yeah. You know? Crypto uh, Twitter is the exact same thing. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's, and it's all, I mean, especially once you start looking at this micro caps and I assume it's the same in some of those altcoins. Like, yep. I mean, it literally is just people pumping, dumping, you yeah. know? Yeah. They, they just got in at three cents and they, they want to get out at seven cents and they're trying to pump it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's the, there's good information out there, but you need like a good basis in yourself and your own understanding to make use of it because there's a ton. Of, it's like anything else, like 90% of the stuff out there sucks. Yeah. And so I know you have like a, you know, a background in sort of, you know, management and doing stuff around that. But like, do you uh, like, did you have to sort of like teach yourself certain additional trading skills and stuff and how did you end up doing that oh yeah um uh, kind of the more technical stuff there's a lot of good resources online um as far as like technical analysis type of stuff uh, and that stuff some people don't like it i think it's pretty useful for kind of trying to time bottoms and see if there's a reversal coming and that kind of stuff um but uh, I, I i've had some people ask me for advice on this stuff and more than any particular kind of strategy or technique or anything like that. Um, uh, there's kind of those older school books, uh, like a random walk down wall street and, um, Oh, I forget the name of the other one. It's going to drive me crazy now. Uh, but there's these older books that are kind of just about the process of trading, like Warren Buffett's, um, the Berkshire Hathaway company letters. Uh, and the stuff about that is it's what I'm saying is less copy their strategies because their strategies a lot of time don't make sense because bonds aren't worth anything anymore. And, uh, interest rates or nothing and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of it's based around that kind of stuff a little bit more uh, mm -hmm. than you can do these days. But but it's all about like mentality and attitude um, and actually knowing what your tolerances are and actually knowing what you're after and actually knowing what you want. Uh, having a good sense of yourself in that way. It, there's a lot of things you can do that will make you money, but you will lose money on all of them if you, if you panic or if you're not disciplined, uh, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have any kind of system that you use for trading or do you just sort of buy when it feels low, sell when it feels high? Yeah, I use a little bit of technical analysis type of stuff to kind of uh, time low points. Um, uh, I'm notoriously bad uh, at holding past, I, I, I hold past the top uh, quite frequently. Uh, I'm working on that now. Um, uh, but in general, what I do is just, I mean, find a thesis research your thesis and if it makes sense buy um which is super super broad but i mean it's really the best advice i can give you mm -hmm. um this kind of stuff is if you're the kind of guy who would listen to this podcast i think you might be better than you think because it is 
Like, if you're good at video games, it's the same skills. Like, if you like strategy yeah. games. Yeah, it, that's what I like about it. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a lot like a game. Yeah. No, if, if you like to read, like, great, start reading some, you know, uh, some company uh, press releases and stuff. Like, figure this stuff out. If you're an academically minded person, I, I mean, create a thesis around where you think the market's going to go and why. Uh, and then put a hundred bucks on it and see what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I threw my stimulus check into the crypto markets. I, when you were talking about that GameStop day that you had where you like lost a million bucks, mm-hmm. I sort of know a little bit what that feels like, I think, because I ran up my stimmy to like 4K and I didn't sell because I thought this thing was going further, but that was just like the top. And this was like a week or maybe two weeks before uh, there was like a crypto crash in May. So that 4K was like 1K after that crash. And I had, I sold like half of it before then, but like it was still a big loss. So I was like, okay, well, this is how this goes. It's number looks big and you want it to get bigger, but that's when you need to cash out. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely something I'm struggling with recently. Like I I just had a play last month that, uh, uh, again, I don't want to get numbers because I don't want to be bragging, but but, but I mean, I made a good chunk of money on it, but I could have made twice that money if I just timed the top properly, but I held past it. So I was like, well, it could keep going up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do you have like uh, peers that you sort of rely on uh, with trading stuff like you, that you chat back and forth about or like have some sort of formal re- relationship with or is it just kind of just doing your own thing? Uh, I kind of just do my own thing. Um I wouldn't mind being a part of one of those communities, but it's just not something I've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the reality is I've, I've kind of, I've gotten back into active trading a little bit, but I kind of let it drop over the summer because I was working. Um, sure. Okay. So you're not trying to tr- swing this into like a full-time job or anything like that? Well, we'll see. We'll see how, uh, I, I have a number of things that um, uh, kind of my horizon for them is in the uh, early spring type of time. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens with that. And if, if it goes well, uh, uh, I might be gloating a bit on Twitter. So watch out for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Sure. And, uh, then we're talking about no job, Kevin, huh? That's right. Yeah. I used to be Kevin from work. Now I'm Kevin from not at work. <laughs> um, so are you, uh, are you also looking long-term to maybe move or something like that? Or like, again, are you going to, or are you just kind of doing your thing for now? Uh, I'm going to be here in Alaska uh, over the winter, uh, yeah. certainly. Uh, I may or may not uh, work my job again in the spring. Uh, I might be heading back to New York. We'll see. Okay. Cool. And are taxes uh, good for you up there as far as like, you know, capital gains and all that kind of stuff? I don't, I, I don't know if that differs state to state, but. Yeah, Alaska is a no-income tax state. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, there, there's no state tax here. Uh, and New York has both city and state tax, and also New York taxes uh, uh, all capital gains as ordinary income. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. They got, you know, sure. Wall Street there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It uh, wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't to my favor. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, sorry, I'm imagining uh, the difference there on a large amount of money paying, you know, I don't know, yeah, 45, yeah, 50 it actually, or something or more. Yeah, it makes a big difference, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, and it used to be, you know, we were talking about the weather. Let's talk about some more boring stuff. Uh, Trump, <laughs> Trump got rid of what they call the salt deduction, um, uh, which was for city and state taxes. You could get a good chunk of that deducted from your federal taxes. Uh, and Trump got rid of that because most of, you know, the cities that have high state and city taxes are blue cities. Uh, so it, it's actually a lot worse than it used to be. Hmm. Well, draining the swamp, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, look, I don't agree with everything he did. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Do you have a Republican governor there? Is that how that works? Like, I don't, I don't know Alaska. You said red state, but is it like... They have a, a Thane, I think, something like yeah. that. Yeah, his name is uh, Thane Drogo. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, the taxes are low. Uh, we have to sacrifice two to four people a year to him. It depends on how the year goes, how many it's going to be. But sure. ultimately, it's not that bad. Yeah. Um, no, it's a uh, yeah. It's historically a pretty red state, uh, and it's pretty. It's it's always been even before kind of the Trump stuff and the Ron Paul stuff. It was always very libertarian red. Yeah. Uh, so it's I mean it, it's there's some real kooks, um, it, and it's kind of as a state, it, it's coasting on fumes a little bit, uh, and so it's always a big fight about what happens with the oil money and. They have what's called the permanent fund dividend, which is where the historic oil money went into the market with. Uh, and so it's always a big fight about how we fund stuff and all that kind of stuff. And they threaten to shut down the government every year. It's, it's pretty typical red state stuff at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only yeah. stuff I know about Alaska comes from stuff that like Doug Stanhope has said about performing <laughs> there and stuff. That's about it. So that's all the flavor I've gotten. And uh well, that, that's kind of a funny thing about the state is it's very, very small and very remote, uh, but it's also kind of exciting and romantic. So you get like most of the big acts come through there at some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I mean, it seems like a nice place to go, you know, like if you get the opportunity, why not? Yeah, I, I highly recommend it to anybody. We need tourism back. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about how it's sort of like libertarian red um, and that there's a lot of kooks and stuff. Is that fun? Like, is there, do you meet like interesting people regularly or is it just kind of like just weird people that you don't really want to talk to and stuff? Uh, well, it's, mix? uh, I, uh, I forget if I said I, I work, uh, uh, civil construction. So I work, uh, very remote sometimes. Uh, and they have what they call end of the rotors, uh, which is kind of people who you, you just keep going until you run out of places to go, basically. And then they end up in these places like Manly or these tiny little uh, communities out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and they're, uh, how can I say this? They're, they're genuine weirdos. They're like real deal. They're like movie quality weirdos. Mm -hmm. That sounds cool. It, they, they can be fun. You just don't want to like get them too entwined with you. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Keep them at a distance. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny when you go out in these remote communities because it's, uh, you know, like half it'll be these kind of people, just these absolute, uh, you know, probably living off a moose they shot, nothing to their name, you know, have a trailer and a boat type of people. And then the other half is, people who have mining claims out there or people who own land out there and just ridiculously wealthy, you know, just flying on their cub type of people. Uh, 
so it's an interesting clash sometimes. Mm -hmm. What's the weirdest uh, person you've met? What's the weirdest person I met? Uh, I had somebody uh, try and bury a dog in the road we were building while we were building it. Uh, <laughs> and, and not... And here's the thing. It's one of these hippie guys who does these hippie tours. So not only is he trying to bury the dog in the road while we're trying to work there and we're like, he can't do that. He's trying to hold like a unidominational, denominational, you know, all face funeral service for the dog at the same time. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> okay. Why was there a reason he wanted to bury the dog at the road? Did you find that out? I, well, we were up on the uh, up on the Dalton Highway, which is the the ice road of ice road truckers fan. Uh, it was summer, so it wasn't froze. But uh, the thing about that is, you go off the road and it's all very very thick tundra. You can't actually dig in it, or you can, but it's a lot of work. You know, it's all very swampy tundra. So it's like he was like, uh, no matter what you believe, this uh, we you know da, 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 da. <laughs> you know and and doing this, but really he's doing it because he's being lazy. Like it's an easy place to do. <laughs> gotcha um let's see do i have any other good stories um i don't know uh, very heavy kind of the typical country boy stuff you know a lot of mud and, and hunting and fishing and that kind of stuff that's not really weird that's just uh yeah that's just cultural um do you do any of that kind of stuff or oh i i fish a little bit and i hunt a little bit but not really i hike a lot um I, I'm not necessarily morally opposed to it, but uh, if you shoot a moose, that's a lot of work. Yeah. I'm too lazy for the hunt. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, and, you know, these days I, I'm, I'm a little more, I'm, uh, I'm too cosmopolitan for Alaska and I'm, I'm too redneck for New York, but uh, I prefer New York. Mm-hmm. Um, have you thought, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah. You, you already sort of answered this, but like, have you thought of buying property somewhere or? I, I have thought about buying a house up here. Uh, it's relatively affordable, but, uh, I don't know if you guys are watching the housing market. I know in Canada, it's been crazy for a while, but it's, it's, it's been pretty hot this year. Uh, mm -hmm. this probably isn't the best time to buy. Yeah. And, uh, New York, I don't think I'd ever buy in New York cause it's, I don't know. I feel like it'll be underwater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I know here in Chicago, there was a lot of like downtown condos and stuff that were really cheap. They were like going like half off or like 33% off like these deep discounts because of uh, like working from home and stuff. The uh, there's like a law that people have to live in the unit that they own. You can't just like buy it, you know, uh -oh. like. Or whatever it has to be like your own residence so a lot of people were you know moving out of the city because of covid and since they haven't come back yet there's just so much supply that is is much larger than the demand so uh there's a lot of these uh downtown apartments that are just cheap yeah that that happened in manhattan as well but i think it's kind of sprung back i think prices are going back up again all right uh, that might be the case in chicago too i haven't looked at it in a minute but yeah it was uh, you know, I left because I had my reasons to leave, but, uh, you know, I can kind of be looking at prices there and be like, I don't know, like, I could have got three months off. Yeah. Mm. 
but uh, yeah, that's going to be a funny thing kind of moving forward is, you know, how that work from home stuff shakes out and, you know, especially in cities like that where it's kind of, you know, if you get a job at Google, like part of the perk of working at Google is you get to be, you know, in Manhattan and like you don't need to be in Manhattan anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet to like live in some like small town or whatever where things are cheap and getting paid big city bucks, you know, pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll take it if anybody's offering. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to I keep thinking about this because I'm like. I have to figure out maybe some niche or something where I'm like, because I don't know, I have a lot of like mental problems that make it hard for me to work and stuff. I just like find it hard to just do anything. But like, uh, I always think like right now would be the perfect time to try something or whatever, because uh, it's like high demand for workers in a lot of different areas. And then also uh, work from home kind of stuff where it's like, you know, and I don't mean like a full-time kind of like big thing, but like I feel like there's some sort of timing there where it's like there might be something that fits well kind of thing or something. So I don't know. I should look around at some of that and stuff. But it's one of those things where I'd have to like build the relationship or something like that to actually do it. Sure. But like I feel like there's probably something there where I could like make a fair amount of money doing that kind of thing. So, you know. Yeah, there's probably something out there for you. You're mm-hmm. you're a smart guy. You're a good writer. I don't see why I don't see why you couldn't find something. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah. That that does remind me of a crazy person story, though. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, speaking of like not having enough people. So uh, at my job uh, this spring, they hired essentially everybody that applied uh, and they still didn't have enough people. You know, it's practice. They hire. They interview two people for one hire. This time they just hired everybody. Uh, and one of those people. Uh, didn't make it to work uh, because he and his girlfriend tried to kill his girlfriend's mom, and now he's in jail. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> so, I mean, the I, I'm just saying, I think the quality control is slipping a little bit, and if that guy can get a job, uh, Donald, I think you can probably get a job. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's good. He's giving uh, me a pep talk. Yeah. Just don't try to kill anybody, I guess. That seems to be a... Oh, sorry. Let me be very clear. I'm I'm uh, against murder. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you about uh, was you mentioned that I was into crypto and stuff. So I was just wondering what your view on the crypto markets is. Uh, not necessarily like the technology itself, but just like. Um, I, you know, I, I've talked to you a little bit about this in DMs and stuff, and you mentioned that it was like too volatile or something. Is, do you is that how you feel about it? Yeah, I just don't trust it. Uh, it mm-hmm. Like it feels a hundred percent speculation to me. Uh, the the thing about stock is like at some point it's you feel like it's based on something somewhere. Uh, yeah. Crypto, I just don't see that. It's just a hundred percent. It's like collectibles, you know. It's just it's just all speculation. It's all, you know, bigger fool theory type of stuff. Uh, and there's a lot of money to be made in it. People make a lot of money in it, but I just I don't trust it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, that's not wrong. <laughs> uh, also, the other thing I would say is like when you're actively trading, it's pretty intense and it sucks up a lot of time and energy and thought and all that kind of stuff. And crypto never closes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
24-7. So sometimes it's kind of nice when the market closed. You're like, all right, I can go eat now. <laughs> yeah, it also yeah. kind of gives you like a pivot around the weekend. In in crypto, the weekends are, are slower. Um, so you get a lot of weird price action. You know, like it might be bleeding all week and then have this weird pump out of nowhere on the weekends. And a lot of people... I mean, a lot of people kind of know like weekends are weird. Don't put too much into it, but there's just enough people that look at that and like, oh, price is going up, time to buy. It just kind of like messes with things when there's like no, there's not enough like volume to really like justify the move, you know? So it like yeah. often if it pumps over the weekend, it'll get sold in too hard on Monday. Um, Cause there's also like CME that trades Bitcoin and that seems to actually be one of the bigger like determining players and everything. I see. Oh, I just remembered uh, reminiscences, reminiscences of a stock operator. I was uh, thinking that that might be the book. I, I remember it was something about stock operator. I didn't remember the rest yeah, of it. I heard that, of that. That's the other one I kind of recommend. And again, the actual stock advice in it is like 80 years out of date, but the mentality stuff is evergreen uh, and sure. like really critical, I think. That like um, mentality stuff is funny to me because like um, – you know, I st- started like listening to podcasts and watching like I call them chart boys on YouTube and stuff just to kind of keep <laughs> up on this stuff. And, um, you know, every once in a while they get to talking about this sort of thing. And when you're when w- once you have like some experience with this, it kind of starts to click and you understand why they're talking about this and how it's actually relevant. It's not just like uh, success win mindset stuff necessarily. You know, I mean, there's a lot of that, too, but um it's true though. Like your, your mental state matters a lot because it, that's essentially what you're playing against yourself almost, you know? Yes. Yes. It's a hundred percent. It's, um, yeah. I mean, you can straight up make a bad pick and that happens, but once you get that stuff down, like your losses are going to be, you're going to lose to yourself every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once you're not just like fumbling, making complete rookie mistakes and stuff. Yeah, once you're not like Walmart's big, I'll buy Walmart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you do you have like risk management sort of stuff in place that you've developed like in some ways, or you just kind of eyeball it, kind of a lot of this stuff? Uh, I, I don't like using uh, like stop losses. Uh, I, I don't think those are a good idea most of the time. Uh, I do have kind of rules I use for. Uh, like I said, that last play, if, if I sold out at the top, I would have got twice. Well, I, I sold some of it before the top to the point where like that could have gone to zero and I'd already locked in a profit. Uh, so you need to set something like that. And it depends on what you're doing, if you're doing an option or stock or whatever. But you need to set a rule for yourself of uh, when you start drawing out. Uh, and, and once you start doing that, and you do it all the time. It just becomes what you do mm-hmm. and, it, and it gets easier. You know, you're not you can leave a little in to gamble with, but it gets, you don't think about it. You just do it because it's what you do, you know? Yeah. A little bit of a system. Yeah. I like to sell like a third of whatever bag I have on something. As soon as I see like a reasonable, like my first, um, TP, like take profit level, sell a third without even thinking about it, see what plays out. And then like maybe leave like 10% in once I'm like, okay, I know it's, it's not going to, uh, this is like a good place to take profit. Maybe it goes up more, but that's what that 10% is for. Like sure. I want to lock in profits for the majority of it. That was a big mistake that I made early on was just. Just letting it all ride. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just hoping to like sell it all at whatever. 
wasn't even trying to get the top, but just like not thinking in increments, just thinking like buy all in here and then sell all out there and then kind of uh, realize you don't have to do that. Yeah. The, the other thing I would say is every trade you make, uh, have a thesis. Um, if you're like momentum day trading, that's fine. But know then that you're trying to get 20% and get out as fast as you can and know that and just get it and go and don't say, well, it could run further. And on the other hand, if you're saying, well, I think this is a long-term thing. I'm going to hold this one year minimum. Don't look at it in six months and say, ah, damn, I'm down 15%. I got to get out of this. This is a loser. Like, unless that thesis changes, believe in your thesis, you know, you said it's going to be a year. Well, wait a year, you know, and are you going to be right like that every time? Well, no, of course not. But if you start giving up on it, well, now you're just fumbling in the dark, you know. Yeah. And sometimes a buy looks like a bad buy at the time. But if your thesis is that it's going to like double from there or something, then it's a good buy, right? Like you've at least established that it's at like a support. Um, and maybe it looks like a top right now, but it, that could change. You know, it just depends on. Uh, yeah, you know, just depends on your things. time frame and your mindset and what you think right. the catalysts are going to be. And, you know, and if those catalysts change, well, then you say, OK, I was wrong. I got to get out of this. But if it doesn't, you don't say, well, it's sitting flat. Fuck this. You know, sorry. Can I swear on this? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I forgot to ask, uh, you know, but you, you wait, you wait for your you wait for a material change before you change your behavior, you know, and that goes for selling early, but it also goes for holding too long. Yeah. Opportunity cost and stuff, right? Like there's that kind of meme about like, it's not a loss until you sell, but you've, you've locked up money, right? So like at a certain point, if it's invalidated your thesis, you want to sell and move on to something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're saying we got what 5% inflation in the United States right now. Like, even if you're dead flat, you're losing money if your money's just sitting there, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, what's uh, your... Uh, oh, go ahead, Don. No, sorry. no, go for sure. Uh, what's your, like, take on, like, gold and stuff? How do you feel about that? Like, uh, you into any of that sort of thing? Like, gold as a store of value type deal or anything? Uh, no, I, d I don't do commodities a lot. And I think gold has... Like, if you look at the chart, it doesn't really... You know, people buy it as a hedge, but it doesn't really seem to operate that way at this point. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't really seem to inverse the market. So why are you buying it as a hedge then? You know, I think you're better off with if that's really what you want is like real estate or something like that. Uh, I, I am a little into I did get sucked into the uh, uranium thing. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But that's the only commodity thing I'm playing. OK. Um, so I uh, for like. Pretty much for the first time in my life, really, I, I have like savings now uh, from mostly from uh, just earning a bit here and there from writing and podcasting and stuff sure. and then uh, um, living at home. So I'm just, you know, there's no, I don't have much expenses or anything like that. So uh, I put away some of the money into, we have like a Roth IRA equivalent kind of thing in Canada where, uh, you know, I just don't, I don't have to pay taxes on anything I earn That's and stuff. The... but hsa right uh it's it's uh it's um tfsa in Canada. tfsa yeah. okay yeah. and uh so uh, it's funny because i read a few books about you know and i i have an economics degree and i've read a few books about um passive investing and all that kind of stuff and not trying to overthink it and stuff like that you know just on your basic savings and stuff and it's funny how many mistakes i made 
even knowing, you know, enough about the basics and stuff, uh, just setting things up and doing all the little things and stuff. And I did things like, uh, so I, I went to go buy just some basic, uh, index funds and stuff and, uh, you know, just ETFs. And, uh, I, I didn't, I, I didn't think of small things like, okay, it's like an American exchange. So I'm buying with Canadian dollars. So there's, they're going to impose a exchange fee on me and stuff like that. And it was just because I thought what I was doing was so simple that I didn't think of like the little steps in between and stuff like that, that I actually, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm probably one of the only people that has actually lost money this year uh, on the stock market. It seems like, because I just put it in basic index funds and just because of the timing of everything and stuff, it was since uh, it's gone down basically. So um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm basically a broken even, I guess a bit, but like just a little bit down uh, just because of all these fees and stuff that I didn't expect. And uh, I don't know, it was kind of funny just because it's like, okay, well, you know, there's a learning process for everyone, I guess, kind of thing. Like I just kind of have to, figure it out and stuff but yeah i don't know yeah it's definitely and i don't know as much about the international but i know uh kind of the no fee trading is mostly an american thing um which means that you're a little more incentivized to do a longer term hold uh and i guess that's what i'd say about that is if you don't know what you're doing i mean yeah just stick it in that index fund and you know who cares what you are right now i guarantee you'll be up in you know 10 years Sure. Like our entire retirement system is based on, you know, we're all in 401ks now. Like it's kind of, it's kind of all too big to fail over the long term, I think. So, uh, and if yeah. I'm wrong on that, uh, we got bigger problems. So. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, you think the stock market's going to continue to, to fly? Like it seems like things have kind of, uh, I don't know, like there's a little bit of a dip recently. Yeah, September's been rough. Um, that's kind of historically true as well, though. Um, yeah. October is historically a little more mixed. Uh, usually, like November, December, pretty solid. It's kind of kind of the retail months. Uh, you know, you see some growth there typically. Uh, hard to say this year because we're still uh, we're on the bad part of COVID now as far as the stock market goes because uh, it's no longer everybody's sitting at home just buying shit. Now it's um, uh, supply chain issues, inflation, all that kind of stuff. So it's hard to say for sure what's going to happen. Uh, people are scared about the taper. People are scared about the inflation rates. I don't think we're going to see anything on that till next year, and I don't think it's going to be as bad as people think. Um, but I don't think we're going to see another year like last year. You know, I mean, that's not the sort of thing that happens that often. Uh, so I think we're going to see a little bit more. I think it is going to be more mixed moving forward, but uh, I think for me personally, I've you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with what I'm positioned in for, for the next year. And then I got some other stuff that has more of a, you know, five to 10 year. So you try to build in the macro stuff into your thesis or is that like a big part of what you're doing is, or is that just kind of, it's more, you're so confident about your picks that you just kind of go with them. Uh, <clears throat> well, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, they, they joke on Reddit, they say like stocks go up, you know, uh, uh, and it's kind of true, right? Like as long as we have the 401k system, as long as we have, you know, all of these money being pumped into indexes uh, and as long as growth continues in the United States, 
like long term, it's going to go up. Uh, so long term, you know, there's a lot of good options. Um, but in the in the shorter term or medium term, it's how should I say this? Um, it turns out I'm kind of good slash lucky at this, but I'm I'm still a very small fish in a very big pond. Uh, and so it's really hard for me to look at something like, okay, what's a taper going to do? I don't know. Sure. I don't think it's going to be that bad, but I could be wrong and I can't time it well. I don't know when it's going to happen. You know, I don't mm -hmm. have any insider information. Plenty of people do. Uh, and so it comes to this place where, well, I have kind of my underlying thoughts about it. Uh, I think ultimately it's healthy. Ultimately, it's going to help the market. Uh, ultimately, you know, it's going to get us into a better place. Uh, and in the short term, it's going to be a little choppy, but I don't think as bad as people think. So if that's what I think, you know, it's not smart for me to try and time it or make short term plays around it. Or, you know, people say like, well, I'm going to pull all my money out. I'm going to go cash for the rest of the year. Well, uh, that's what I was talking about earlier. You know, inflation is real. Your cash isn't staying even. Cash is losing money. Sure. Um, and I just don't think I have the, you know, I don't think I know anything more than anybody else in that position. So I, I don't think it's smart to try and react that heavily to it, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, one of the reasons why I actually got into, you know, opening up the account and all that kind of stuff was because uh, my uh, savings account, which was called something, you know, it's called something like maximum booster savings account, you know, like stuff like that, uh, was 0.05% mm -hmm. or something like that. So it is one of those things where, even yeah there's no you're just getting eaten up by inflation at that point kind of thing but uh um, well and that's another reason i'm very long-term bullish like uh, right now and for the foreseeable future there's no other place you can put your money that you can uh, get a return on it you know i, I mean people yeah. don't have a lot of other options you know you can go into crypto if you got a lot of money you can buy real estate but it's it's pretty limited out there and even when they raise interest rates we're not talking like five percent you know sure. we're talking like you know, probably less than a percent. So, sure. Yeah, they're just giving up some of their tools over the time. So, for yeah, just giving themselves more space to act if they need to and stuff. But, uh, um, so yeah, I guess just a related thing to that kind of thing. Like, have you been uh, reading more about like economics in general and stuff, and getting into sort of like the more political kind of side of that? I mean, we we know each other from forums that were very I don't know, a lot of political stuff kind of going back and forth and stuff, but have mm -hmm. you, has it been like changing your views on a lot of things or, you know, getting, I don't know, like uh, your, your success and your sort of knowledge that is, is growing with that. You're registered stuff. Republican now. <laughs> yeah, 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 basically. No. But, yeah. Well, I yeah. say you do think about things a little different when uh, you're the guy they're talking about tax. <laughs> sure. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, by training, uh, you know, I, I'm a I'm a sociologist, um, which isn't economics, but but I mean that was always kind of my background and my you know I'm a social science person. That's always how I looked at things. Mm -hmm. um, so the economic stuff directly, uh, I, I I wouldn't say I've gotten more into economics, but it's let me put kind of tools that I've developed into play in in that stuff a little more directly, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, like it's it's really interesting to look at the stuff that's happening in China right now. Uh, and kind of, you know, look on Reddit or Twitter or web forums and kind of see the surface level stuff people are saying and 
kind of you know having a sense of like well i don't i don't think i don't think that's what's going on sure. you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah i find that too i mean i don't know much about the actual goings on in china and stuff i just listen to the same things as other people i guess but like uh yeah the the level of debate is hard to manage sometimes and stuff like that yeah with that kind of stuff i don't know um i don't know i mean that of people that are still pretty well informed i would say Compared to like, uh, you know, the there's there's just a lot of schlock now and stuff in the debates. But yeah, yeah, it's very hard to to find stuff that I like these days. And I, I mean, in general, in my life, I've gotten you know less and less political over time, uh, which is I just don't have the energy for it anymore. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what about uh, comedy stuff? Do you have any energy for that kind of stuff anymore, or how's that going? Yeah, that was. Um... You know, that's why I want to go back to New York. It's like, um, uh, you know, they, they say if you if you want to succeed at that kind of stuff, uh, you know, you got to be rich to start with. And uh, now I am. So maybe I can make it happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, the, the thing about that was, is I was actually having some success uh, as an actor uh, because, you know, if you know me from Twitter, I'm a, I'm not huge, but I'm a relatively tall, shaved head white guy. So I was just doing a lot of stuff where I was like... Uh, white supremacist or uh, police, <laughs> sure. military, that kind of stuff, you know, and I was working on a very regular basis and it was getting to the point where it was, you know, I wasn't making great money or anything, but it was starting to feel like something I was actually doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then with COVID, you know, all that went away. Because uh, sure. even when they started filming again, you know, they started, you know, rewriting things and, you know, so instead of being in, you know, we got 30 people in the background. Now we're just shooting into a corner and we got, two people in the scene, you know, so the kind of stuff that for my level kind of went away, but, but I still love it. Uh, I like my friends, uh, there keep in touch with them. I'm, uh, going back in about three weeks for just a vacation. That'll be nice, but mm-hmm. it's definitely something, it's definitely something I still want to do. And the thing about that kind of stuff is, how do I, how do I put this? I, I was doing the thing I wanted to do. And I'd like to do that thing in front of more people and for more money, but it doesn't change what the thing is. And so I just want to do it, if that makes sense. No, yeah, no, I get for that. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Have you, uh, like, spent your money in any kind of fun ways? I'm sure you're, like, uh, no. mostly responsible and boring with it. But... <laughs> I'm, I, I'm disgustingly responsible. In fact, after I made it, uh, I, I only told one of my friends and I told him because his wife works for Google. So he also has money. So I didn't have to worry about him being weird about it. But he's like, oh, man, have you done anything cool? And I was like, I might buy an iPhone in the fall. Oh, really? <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. started telling him about my plans, like how I was going to wait it and what stocks I was thinking about and stuff. And he's like, no, I mean, like, are you going to buy anything? And I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> what about a but, big uh, Got like that, the Ford, one of the giant ones, whatever, or like trucks whatever just like a giant one. Oh, I, I gotta tell you if i was gonna stay around here in alaska i would in fact buy a buy a nice f-150 sure i'm yeah. uh, I, i'm that much redneck <laughs> well i i live not like i sort of live on like the edge of like suburb slash rural like it's rural area that i live in but like uh um there's like a town nearby and stuff so it's not really mm-hmm. fully rural kind of thing like i i mean all around me at a lot of the farms and stuff but it's not like Fully, but anyways, everyone here either has a, you know, Ford F one fifty or like a, or a, if they're male, they have like a truck like that. Like a lot of them do, and then uh, 
If not, then if they're a woman, they have like the big SUVs and stuff. So it's kind of funny. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I got to tell you, the F one fifties are nice. Those mm-hmm. are there's a reason they sell a lot. Those are nice. Sure. Those are nice trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I was reading an article about it um, the other day that was saying about like how. Uh, Someone was, I don't know, I, the, some, the context of the story was kind of like the debate of whether or not they should be, you know, they should have all these trucks and stuff. And the guy was saying that, uh, he th- he says, I sincerely believe that everyone in Canada should own a truck. And I'm like, okay, well, let's 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 uh, dial it back a bit. But yeah, so. Well, maybe, uh, maybe if you're liberal, you can get one of those uh, tiny little uh, 80s uh, Japanese trucks. Sure. Just as a compromise. Sure. Don, you said women tend to have like bigger trucks. Is that well, what you're saying? They, they just have SUVs, like uh, sport utility oh, okay. vehicles. Because I was so. thinking about that in like the whole like compensation theory, you know? If oh, you have a yeah. small dick, you get a bigger truck. And I was like, well, if you have no dick, I guess you got to get a really big enough. truck. The biggest truck. No, you, you do see like female brodozer drivers up here sometimes. And a lot of times they got like the sticker that's like uh, Alaska girls kick ass or the I drive like a girl. or So it's like they get the big truck, but they got to let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there a like bow a... On it. Isn't, like, the ratio of, like, men to women in Alaska really skewed? Like, a lot more men? Is that right? That might be another reason I want to go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's one of the worst. Uh, I think there are worse, like, cities, but I think state-wise, it's, like, the worst state in the country uh, for the gender skew, yeah. Yeah, is that, like, noticeable day-to-day? Um, I mean, like walking around, not really, but it definitely makes, uh, it definitely makes dating a challenge. All right. Now we're going to get into the dating portion of the podcast. (laughs) Sure. Um, actually, Tom, do you want to do a few questions or something like that or? Um, yeah. How we, oh yeah, yeah. I didn't realize we had done so much time. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this first one's just a quick comment. It's ILU Dawn. Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, so I opened up. Uh, people can send me Bitcoin now. Um, so uh, trying to rake in enough money for a house that way somehow. I don't know. No, I don't know. I uh, thank you. Yeah, so yes. send them your don't, Bitcoin. No, yeah, I don't really yeah. understand the tipping bit. Like, how many people are trying to send Bitcoin just as like actually use it as currency? It seems like so. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, what it is, is that my account is uh, a Canadian Twitter account kind of thing, technically. So, uh, I think that they haven't rolled out a lot of the different, uh, like they haven't rolled out PayPal or any of the other cash app or anything. Cash app doesn't exist in Canada, but like, I don't think, but like, uh, it just basically, there's no, not only that, but my, my account is also sort of like semi-restricted to some extent because, uh, it gets reported a lot, I guess. And, uh. Um, yeah, so it's like, I can't do certain things that other accounts would be able to do, I think. So, um, like, so that, that my only, like, I don't, I can't do set up like the super follow. I don't think, I think that's why, um, I probably wouldn't be able to get verified because of that, um, stuff like that. I don't know. So, um, but so I think that I, I, they allowed me to add the tips feature today 
And uh, I looked at it, what it was, and the only thing that it allows you to do is set up uh, PayPal, no, sorry, uh, that, a GoFundMe, which I'm not, <laughs> I don't know, that, that might be stretching it. And then, uh, um, uh, what was the third one? Oh, yeah, the Patreon or something like that. So, but uh, I don't know. So it's basically because my, I'm just, you know, it's, it's just a joking thing, but like, uh, it's like a very half-assed uh, app integration kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, the important thing is, your love is fine, but please send money. Sure. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, people people did send me a bit today, but it was just uh, like joke amounts, basically. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe nice to them, but like, I don't know. It was like, a, you know, the minimum amount I think you can send or something. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll just watch in 10 years. If you hold on to it, it'll be like $10 million or something. You know? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's what people used to do, right, is they'd uh, kind of joke tip people in uh, Dogecoin because it was worth essentially nothing. Yeah. And then so, but at a certain point, it was worth like 80 cents or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, now it's like 20, and I think it's uh, probably heading back down to like 8, 8 cents or so. Which is still good. Like if you bought it when it was nothing, I mean, even if you sell it at 8, that's pretty good. Yeah, if you bought it at nothing, that's an infinity percent gain. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, a lot of people can mine Dogecoin as well. It's merge mined with Litecoin. So uh, it's not hard to just crank out Doge bucks. I see. Yeah, well, I, I thought that was why it was supposed to be worthless, is because they're too easy to get. Yeah, yeah, but enough money just flooded into it. Anyway. Uh, next question is also for Don. Uh, does Don have anything insightful to say about struggling with male pattern baldness as a young man in the image-focused world of today? It's funny. This actually has never uh, really bothered me just because it's like pretty low down the list of grievances and ailments I, I have. So uh, it's never really, I don't know. It's uh, it's not that It's not that bad of a thing for me personally, but like... Uh, um, it's, uh, it, 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 I think it was all a hundred percent caused by, uh, hormonal, hormonal changes or something like that from gaining weight or something like that too. So it is kind of like a, oh, that sucks kind of thing. But like, uh, um, I don't know. It's, a uh, it's, it, I, to be honest, uh, I had no idea that people sort of dwell on a lot of that body stuff to the extent that they do until, I uh, started using um, like Twitter and stuff like that because people make jokes constantly about that kind of stuff or like insult people's appearance and stuff like that in different ways and stuff. And uh, it's, it's one of those things that you go, oh, wait a minute. They care. You know, like uh, people complaining about men being short and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, man, I didn't even know that was like a, you know, a huge thing or whatever kind of thing. So stuff like that. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. And it sort of like has made it a much more of a reality than it was. Like it was probably a very minor thing. And then because it's like online sort of spreads the virus, then people start to think it's a real thing. And, um, you know, men start to like get concerned about certain things. And then women start to like think of this as like, yeah, I don't want a man who's shorter than this height. And like, have like, I don't know, like you see screenshots of like really dumb stuff like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like the dating apps, especially, it gets so um, when when people just show up in front of you like that as just like options, you get real petty about how you categorize. Like sure. in in real life, if you like somebody, you just like them. But when it's like you start thinking about what you want, it's like okay, well, I want them to be six one and you know blonde hair and you know and you yeah. can do it. Sure. Yeah, and uh, it, although I did get one. Uh, um, one one tweet I saw about myself uh, um, uh, a little while ago was someone said uh, his appearance is part of his joke or something like that, and then they said it they said it as if like I I I look a certain way because I think it's funny, and I had to like think for a minute if that was true. I was like, is that is that the case? Do I think it's like funny? Uh, you know, to look like a goofball or something like that. And then, uh, so, uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still I, sort of undecided on that. So, yeah. I, I think comedy is funnier when done by schlubs. Um, yeah, for sure. That's, that's something that irritates me about the hot people of comedy and Marvel movies today. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, uh, as a, can I give my opinion as a, a fellow bald man? Sure. Uh, in fact, as a bald man who, uh, is trying to do very image focused things uh it, it can be rough sometimes i'm bald and i'm also very pale i would always know when i'd be in a shot when i was doing like background work because the makeup lady would come over and uh powder down my bald head so i didn't shine <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah uh and, and it really makes you feel like well uh but the biggest thing i would say is uh, if you got a decent looking head just shave the damn thing yeah uh, it looks so much better Mm. I, I, I can't personally at this point, really, I don't think because, uh, until I lose some weight, because if I have it too short, the hair too short, it just, it, it doesn't look good. It looks like, uh, it looks like I'm ill. So that, 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 that is the, so, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I gotta be careful about that, but like, uh, I don't know. Um, it's a little bit of maintenance involved with that too, right? Like you kind of have to consistently keep it short like it'll it just like is much more noticeable if it just grows a little bit right so if like you're trying to keep it just real yeah i I gotta i gotta shave every day i just shave in the shower it's pretty quick at this point but yeah it's more work uh now the the pro is i haven't had to pay for a haircut in like a decade sure okay yeah i mean i i also cut my own hair but i just i don't shave it completely i just kind of get it pretty short but yeah um yeah i don't know so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. The, the funny thing is that uh, it, it's, it, it used to be the case that when I was in my early 20s and stuff, uh, when I can look at myself now and like in a picture and be like, oh, man, like I was pretty good looking at the time and stuff like that kind of thing. At the time, I thought I was like the ugliest schlub idiot kind of thing or something like that. Like I had I had a very, very negative opinion about myself. Uh, even though I can objectively look at pictures of myself back then when I was more thin and stuff and be like, oh, man, I looked pretty good. And then now I'm like, well, whatever. It's just that's life kind of thing. You know, I'll, I'll work on it a bit here and there and stuff. But like uh, it's not I'm not going to base my, you know, whole uh, mood on it or something like that. So, yeah. All right. Um, let's move on to the next one here. Uh question is would incels have been happier if they were born asexual and i think uh like who wouldn't 
right? What has sex done for anybody? You know, what good what good has sex ever done? Uh, Big Kev is actually, I think, has the opposite opinion of you on this. So, what I think sex is good. Yeah. Uh, resolved. <laughs> sex is fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the incel thing in particular is so much just a cultural thing. I don't think having sex or not having sex really has any bearing on their life or how it is. It's just people who are, feel very on the outside and very marginalized and uh, are having a very tough time in that way. And, and this is kind of the thing they've sucked on to that they can be like, this is what's wrong with me. This is what's wrong with the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. What about asexuality? Do you think that's real? <laughs> let's let's get let's let's drill down to uh, every identity and give a yes or no. No. Sure. Let's start at the A's and uh, work to whatever starts with the Z. <laughs> sure. Do I um, think asexuality is real? Um, I think there's definitely people who are like not very sexual. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I I don't know. I think all sexuality is fake. I think all these things like these isms and stuff are all kind of like uh they're just like labels you know i know this is probably very trite but that's kind of how i feel about it like it's uh there are certain things like that there's patterns you know that you can notice but that doesn't like mean that it's like something in your genetic code that's like you're an asexual you have the the gene for it or something it's just like a behavioral type deal you know that's actually something I, I could talk about a lot, which we shouldn't because we're right at the end here. But, um, yeah, I, th I think a lot of uh, I, I think, uh, you know, the lesbian and gay movement had to go into kind of gay essentialism to uh, gain that approval, you know, in America. Uh, but I don't think that's always true for everybody. I, I you know, I, you know, all that Kinsey scale type of stuff. I think there's a lot of variability for people. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, it's more like an identity thing. Like if it becomes sort of like a subculture, then that has a, in a weird way, it's like more real because it's based on purely just social dynamics and stuff. So it's like that kind of makes more sense. There's no like asexual community that I'm aware of the way that there's like a gay community, you know? Yeah, I think there's like some online like Tumblr-y TikTok stuff. But yeah, I don't think they're really part of, like the gay community or the king community or that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Don? Um, yeah, there there is actually a large sort of yeah contingent, not large, but like you see a lot of it online now is like part of the sort of like Tumblr uh, refugee stuff, um, where it's like people have made it like a you know there's like whole big debates about this kind of stuff and it's very. Very strange. I don't know. I see. I see some of it because of like some of the hateful people we know um, share stuff that's funny, um, and uh, it's uh, you know it's it's very very it's strange to see how uh, articulated it is. Like in in terms of like you know there's whole I don't know like subcultures around this kind of stuff, and uh, it, it seems strange because. Uh, it, it, it seems like the same kind of thing to some extent as like the incel kind of stuff where it's like uh, it's it's almost like the inverse of it or something like that in its own way. It's like, OK, well, we're queer because we're asexual and stuff. I don't know. I, again, it's like if if you want to make that part of your identity and stuff, that's 100 percent fine with me. I don't you know, it's not 
it's not like, uh, I don't know, pitchforks or anything like that. It's just that it's a very, very strange development. A lot. Of, I don't know. I, I feel very old now. That's all. So <laughs> I just feel, feel like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Well, time, time is passing me by. A lot of it's like power stuff, right? Like you got to kind of find your own niche in those communities and you know, if you're your own thing, that gives you a, a different status than if you're kind of subsumed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, so should we wrap up with the next one here? Sure. Does that sound okay? Okay. Yeah. All right, so last one for today. Uh, this is, sorry, I'm new to this podcast. Could you please explain, again, if it has already been explained, why Tom and his wife, who are two white people, are LARPing as Muslims? Um, well, so I, I work for the CIA, and part of my assignment is to infiltrate the left and try to undermine international socialism. And uh, so my particular assignment is to do this through uh, through the guise of a white convert. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all part of my undercover plan here. I think you would be particularly... Uh, badly suited for that kind of job uh, because uh, um, people would probably like tell you I, I mean okay yeah people would probably tell you stuff like uh, they're like yeah we're gonna blow up this building or something like that and you'd probably be like yeah well if you got to do it you got to do it kind of thing or like you wouldn't you wouldn't it, it wouldn't it wouldn't like register to you as like a big deal or something like that like, <laughs> yeah that's that's life folks kind of thing or something like i don't know like yeah you yeah. just forget to report stuff because you'd be like, yeah, that guy's blowing up a building. I don't know. Yeah. It seems keep, like a weird thing to do. They keep promoting me up. Like to instead of firing me, they just keep promoting me. So I, now sure. I'm like chief of police. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, so hope that clears things up. Uh, thanks for coming on, Big Kev. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad you came on again and uh, it was good chatting to you. I'm glad that you seem to be uh doing well in a lot of different areas and stuff so uh i don't know that's good to see and uh i don't know we'll have to i'm I'm sorry i was gonna say i'm like the human cat i always land on my feet sure yeah and uh, we'll have to meet up one day in new york or something like that i don't know alaska seems more iffy it's sort of a hike but like uh hey it's right next to canada sure (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) on the other side of the continent but sure yeah all right guys so if you enjoyed this episode if you can't win and you'd like a second one every week you can get that by subscribing to our patreon and you also get access to our discord where you can chat with us in our lovely community if you want to send us anonymous questions you can go to our twitter account at you can't win pod and you'll find a link to the curious cat pin there thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week thanks guys Bye. Bye.